International. Hey guys, Lawson here, Fear Podcast. Listen, uh, I want to do a little disclaimer before we get into today's, today's uh, story. Uh, the story is actually going to be told from me uh, because it is my story. And I would like to say before we begin, mother, father, if you are listening to this, turn it off now. There's no need to continue any further. All right. The story is about when I was a very stupid kid very young and I am not proud of uh, the decisions I made. However, if you do continue to listen, which I will say right now, my mother will and my father will not because my dad is happy with things he doesn't know uh, and I respect him for that. Know that things have changed. Times have changed. I'm no longer the person I was and I'm better for it and I'm proud of it. Um, also, Today, we will have our mysterious producer, Donna, asking the questions for me instead of me per usual. Uh, so everybody's going to be excited about that. It's like, uh, it's like hearing Maggie from The Simpsons talk for the first time. All right, we're all very excited. <clears throat> all right, so let's get into this. The year is probably, I want to say, 2002. I'm a 17-year-old kid. I'm a punk rocker. I got a mohawk. I got a black leather jacket. And I know everything, all right? Everything. Um, I'm working at the time for a land survey company. Land survey basically means you make maps. And I loved it. It was my, uh, it was my skill. It was my trait at the time. It's, it's, uh, I was proud of what I did. I enjoyed doing it. Um, I get a phone call one day from a girl who uh, is looking to buy methamphetamines. From a friend of mine. Well, I wouldn't say a friend. It was a guy I knew. He used to come to all the shows I played. I drummed in a, in a band. She called my phone on accident. I think he must have used my phone. This is before fancy phones with caller IDs. All right? This is a Nokia brick. All right? Snake Champion, 2001. That's me. Okay? Uh, she calls my phone looking for methamphetamines, and I and I tell her, why Why do you want methamphetamines? Right? Like, why, why, you, you realize, man, that that's the government. All right, that's the government. And listen, I was big into conspiracy theories. That's the government wanting to keep you down. You don't want that. So she called my phone on accident, looking for methamphetamines. I told her, you don't need it. Let me come over. Let me bring you some pot, the hippie drug that no one, you know, like you don't need that stuff in your life. You want to do a drug, smoke a little bit of pot. All right. So I convinced her to come over. From there, we fell in love. All right, I met a girl who accidentally called me looking for meth. <laughs> I had a weird life. Um, and her mother instantly hated me for I don't know why. Right? Like, she she hated me. I, I got your daughter off meth. I saved her life. And you hate me? Uh, we're, we date for about 
a year. She lives with me at my best friend's house. I'm doing good at my job. Her mom has a house that she's renting out <clears throat> and we're, we're thinking about settling down. Like we're, we're in love, you know, we're just two 17 year old kids in love. Uh, and we're, we're, I guess it was probably about six months. We dated before we moved in with each other. So we move into her mom's house again. Her mom hates me. And this is what she said. If we screw up one late payment on rent, you guys are out. You cannot stay here anymore. So we had to live by them strict rules. She got a job at a country club. I got a, I still had my land surveying gig. Everything was good. Everything was great. We we're in love living together, our own house. And, uh, then a uh, recession hit and I lost my job. Well, you know what? It wasn't much of a recession as it was my, the owner of the company had an extremely bad cocaine problem and the whole company went bankrupt and his wife left him. Everybody got laid off. I mean, the company went out of business. And so every, every land surveyor went to every other land surveyor in the area. And I, I'll mention now I was living in a very small town. Uh, oh God. Outside of, uh, Outside of um, Austin, Texas, about 45 minutes. Nothing to do there but uh, but drugs and uh, outdoor activities. And I um, could not get another job. So I took what little saving. I mean, I, I applied at every. I mean, it was my skills, my trade. It was the only thing I had. And I'm not going to go back. I'm very proud at this point. I'm not going to go back and work at Walmart. I'm not going to go back and work. You know what I mean? Like, I eventually did because I didn't have a choice. But, like, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be independently wealthy or I wanted to do what I enjoyed doing. So every surveyor in the area went and applied at every other survey company. There was no room for me. I mean, I had nowhere to go. I applied everywhere. They didn't take me. So, uh, I had a little bit of savings. So I did the smart thing. I started gambling. Uh, I first started out online and if you guys, I'm sure remember the online poker craze of 2002, uh, I did actually, I did well. Uh, I enjoyed playing cards. I, I was good at it as well. Uh, and uh, I, I eventually got invited to home games. I used to go to these houses that had been turned into a casino, literally turned into a casino. I mean, girls were walking around with drinks. There were just table games everywhere, a bunch of degenerate gamblers. <clears throat> and I was one of them. And, uh, that lasted as long as it could. I lost a bunch of money. I made a bunch of money, just like gambling goes. And my rent's coming up one month. I don't have it. My girlfriend's at the time, she's stressed. Her mom's going to kick us out. My dad calls me and says, hey, man, let's go, uh, let's go hunting. My uncle's got a lease uh, in the border of Mexico. And, uh, you know, let's go out there. Let's go hunting for the weekend, get away from stuff. And I needed it. I had I needed to get out of town. I needed to get away from stuff. I mean, I was running from my problems. I I just you know so I was like you know what? And let me say by the way, I was very religious at this point in time. I didn't know what I was religious about. I just knew that I I I quote unquote gave everything up to God. I was like I, nothing is uh, nothing you control in this life. Like everything is planned. There is a there. It is mapped out for you. You're you're just you're just going with the flow. You know what I mean? Like. Like you're going with the flow, whatever God is going to, whatever creed, the creator, the master creator has in mind, that's where you're going. You've, you've got to take all the signs that you see and you just got to work your way around it. You, you've got to, you've got to understand and realize what he wants you to do. And then that's, you got to do it. He wanted me to gamble. I, so I gambled. That's why I lost my job. You know what I mean? Just convoluted ways of thinking that, that made no sense. 
So we go, I'm thinking, you know, like <clears throat> I need to get out, need to go on this trip. We go on this trip. We, uh, it's, it's right on the edge of, of Mexico and Texas. Uh, my uncle's got a lease out there. My uncle's like a second dad to me. I, I loved him. He was, he was a great man. Uh, and, um, and I, and, and, and like, I hate to admit this, but part of me was like, you know, when we go out here, my uncle's probably going to give me a couple hundred bucks. Cause he's one of those guys that every time you saw him, he's like, here, take, take a hundred bucks, take 200 bucks. You know, like he was just a good guy like that. Like he loved doing that. Part of me was like, well, I need to get out of town, but also my uncle will probably help me out. Especially if I tell him, man, I've got some money issues, you know, he might help me out. And, uh, so we get out there and uh, stay the night. Then first thing in the morning, like 5 a.m., my my they get us up to go hunting. My uncle goes, puts me in a blind. He says, "Listen, sit here. Here's where the feeder's at. If you see a deer, obviously shoot it. Uh, if you see any people walking around out here, do not move. Do not let them see you. If they do see you and they approach you, shoot them." I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I find out later on that this whole area is a drug smuggling route from Mexico to, to America. Like every day they see drug smugglers coming in and out of the place and human smugglers. And he said, the drug smugglers aren't, aren't dangerous. The human smugglers that are dangerous. Anyway, time goes by. I'm out there for like six hours. I don't see any animals. I think maybe there, I saw a hog, but uh, you know, nothing happened anyway. So we go back, we get lunch. Uh, my, my uncle's staying in this trailer with two other guys. Uh, like, you know, it's just it's just a lease. You know, they just go out there for hunting purposes. And it's a big double wide, like three room trailer. And uh, we're staying in his friend's room who's out of town. So we uh, we go back out. We had trapped some hogs. We go and kill these hogs. And uh, my dad, my dad's like, he's strong, but sensitive kind of guy. I'm kind of the same way. Like he didn't like seeing me kill them, them animals. Like uh, I had to shoot this hog. All I had, my only sidearm that I had at the time was a, a 22 long rifle, uh, was a 22 mag, which is a small bullet. And uh, I had to shoot the hog three times in the head in that trap. Uh, and it was, my dad did not like seeing that. Didn't really face me. I didn't care at all. So we, we took the pigs back, cleaned the pigs. And then by then it was dinner time. My dad and my uncle and, and his friends are like, Hey, let's, you know, let's go out. We'll go get some hamburgers. It's a hamburger joint about 30 minutes into town. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I got up at five. I'm just going to chill. Bring me back something to eat. So they take off and I'm sitting in this room. We're staying in and I keep getting these whips of weed, man. I keep smelling this weed. I'm like, what is, where, like, where am I smelling this weed? Is someone smoking it? And I'm like, no, that ain't smoking weed. That's fresh weed. Like, I smell fresh marijuana. So I play like a Scooby-Doo and follow my nose. And that, and I, and it's the closet in this room. And I narrow it down there. And I open this closet and I swear there's the biggest brick bat. I mean, like a big block, like 40, 50 pound block of weed. I mean, just stinking ass Mexican weed just in that closet. And back then, you know, it wasn't like now where you, these kids go up to a damn dispensary and get the finest weeds known to man. Back then, this is the only weed there was even in two. I mean, you, you know, there was other weed I'm sure, but I didn't know of it. 
you know, and I'm like, this is the most pot I've ever seen in my life. First thing I think is I've got so many bills. I could sell this weed instantly. When I get home, I could sell this weed right away. There's so much of it. It was like I had just found 120 gold bars and this guy wouldn't miss two missing. He wouldn't know if I took two. I didn't even stop to think maybe this guy who was staying with my uncle could be a drug dealer, could be a smuggler. You know what I mean? Why else would there be a brick of weed? And then I'm rationalizing with myself. <clears throat> no, he probably just found it out. I mean, this is a drug smuggling route. Some of the, they probably had to stash it out in the bush and they found it out there and he drug it in here. Whatever the reason, I don't care. I'm stealing some of this weed. So I go into the kitchen. I look for a, uh, like there's gotta be some bags in here and I find, I mean, it's a hunting camp. They, they store these meats and freeze these meats. There's these big five gallon bags, big old Ziploc bags, biggest bags I've ever seen. So I grab a bunch of those and I just start stuffing this bag. And I'm, I'm like, I got to move fast. I got to get this weed in the bag. So I'm compressing it down, compressing it down. Just, just, you know, getting as much in there as I can. Double, triple, quadruple bagging it. I've got a few pounds of weed right now. And I'm thinking, God put this weed here for me. This was it. You give it up. You, you do whatever he says. To, you know, you, you follow everything. Everything goes in line for a reason. I was here for this day to find weed. And there ain't nothing wrong with weed. It's just some earthbound drug. You know what I mean? This is the way I'm thinking. It's it's God put this on this planet. I was a I was I was a stupid kid, man. Like I didn't think that, you know, like that this was this was made here for me. Like this 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 is why I came on this hunting trip. So, I get it all bundled up. I put it in the bag. I sit back down. My heart's racing. And I'm thinking, well, if he's got all that weed, I wonder if he's got any other drugs. So, I start going through the closet a little bit more and I find this black box and it's this cylindrical back black box and it's like six inches tall by like three inches wide and it screws open and I screw it open and it's just full of cocaine I mean just full of cocaine and I didn't do cocaine at the time like I had done it once or twice like playing in bands just you know but I I, I don't I'm not I was never pro chemical drug. To this day, I still. I mean, I don't. I'm like, I don't think there's anything wrong with weed. Everybody smoked weed, you know. But it's the chemical drugs, man. They're bad for you, dude. You know, I don't. I don't they're not natural. And then too, you know, like again, I was very religious. I said God didn't put these these drugs on earth. You know, like this is bad drugs, even though it comes from a, a plant. I mean, still anyway. So I I uh, I think, man, I got to take some of this cocaine. You know, uh, I I could sell this too. I know guys I could sell this to back home. You know, like, and this is more expensive than the damn weed. The weed I'm probably going to get, you know, six, eight hundred bucks a pound for. This cocaine, man, is so expensive. And I know idiots I could sell it to. Like, I can get rid of it quick. I'm not even thinking about the fact that it's illegal. Like, that doesn't even, it doesn't even pop into my head that I could get in trouble. And, and the fact that I've got to drive back with my dad with all these drugs, like it doesn't, I just think about the money. Like I just think about, I, I this, this is the, the answer to my problems that I have. This is an easy coward's way out. So I take a bunch of the cocaine too, wrap it up. And I put it on my person. I said, you know, it's one thing to get caught with this weed. Cause I thought about, I thought about this guy I know named John. I used to work with him and he had come back from Mexico three times hauling weed back 
and two of the times he got he got caught and one of the times he was with his parents when he got caught and they just gave him a slap on the wrist they said you know like well we're just gonna let you guys go with just a little bit of weed uh and then the other time though he got in trouble and he got put on probation but i remember his dad not getting in trouble you know and but then I start thinking about it. I'm not even in Mexico. I'm on the border of Mexico. We didn't hit any checkpoints on the way in. We're not. I'm not gonna. I'm my dad's like a perfect driver. We're not gonna get pulled over. Like we'll be fine. So I got this cocaine. I keep the cocaine on my person. And I and I tell you what, I felt bad about the cocaine. The, the, the pot, not so much. But this is a drug I'm against. So I'm checking my moral values at the time. You know, like I'm, and I'm going through this internal struggle that I have got all this, all these, this cocaine on me, which is a garbage, horrible, bad, dirty, you know, evil drug. And I'm going to take the evil money that comes for it, but I'm going to do good with the money. You know, I'm going to make sure we get it rent paid and we get to take care, you know, so I'm like rationalizing in my head. I'm having this internal battle, but it's too late. I've already done it. They're back. They're back from dinner. They're there. And I'm thinking, man, do not let this guy come in here. Do not let him need a little bit of cocaine and say, where is all my cocaine gone? But we were staying in the room. Next morning we get up, we leave. I've got the weed in, a, in my personal bag. I got like a duffel bag with me. I've got it wrapped up uh, in the bottom of that bag. I got the cocaine on me sitting in my crotch area. And uh, we start driving back and, and, I'm, and I didn't sleep a wink that night. I mean, I, I was up all night tossing and turning, going through everything. This internal battle, dump the cocaine in the toilet right now. Dump the cocaine in the toilet. You don't need that. Just put it back in the thing. But I can't. My dad's sleeping in the room with me. I can't put it back in the thing. I can't open the closet. It'll say, why? Why am I in the closet? You know what I mean? Why? What am I doing in here? Like, you, you know, uh, you, you have to dump it in the toilet. Well, if you're dumping it in the toilet, then you're just wasting it, and and you might as well just keep it on you because they're not going to search you, you know. And and it's like going through all this stuff. So I say, you know what? I've I've dedicated my, myself to this. We're just going to follow it through. So we get up, we leave, we're driving back. I'm exhausted. I'm in the car. We're driving. We're driving a couple hours. I'm like, man, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. This was put out in motion for me to live out. I'm going to get home and be fine. So I start to doze off, and I start to fall asleep in the front seat, and all of a sudden I hear my dad say. Man, these guys are liable to tear our car apart. And I open my eyes, and we're at a checkpoint. We're at a U.S.-Mexico checkpoint. We were deeper into Mexico than I thought. We were in Mexico. We just didn't hit any checkpoints on the way in. And I, I the, the feeling, I can't tell you that. I mean, we were dead. Like, I was dead. I, I, my heart, like, I, I, I could have sworn I was going to have a heart attack. I see in front of us a checkpoint, three drug dogs, three German Shepherd drug dogs, uh, four people, three guys holding the dogs, one person on the inside. And this is during the Bush administration. So uh, I know later on that they were really looking for uh, you know people. But we pull up to it, and, 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 and I'm praying to God. I say, God... Let me get out of this. You put this back. I don't know what you have in store for me, but you just let me get out of this. I will never do anything like this again in my life. I will never do anything like this again. If you just get me out of this one thing, you know, even my, my faith in the fact that I, all this happened for a reason was lost instantly in that moment. 
I was just praying. And I thought, can I throw it out the window right now? Do I throw my whole bag? Fuck my clothes. I don't want my clothes. Throw it all out. You know, get it out of the window. Like, like no, then they're going to see me throw everything out of the window. And I got all this coke on my crotch. Like, what am I going to do? I, you know, if they bust me, I'm going to tell them. Obviously, my dad had nothing to do with it. Oh, my God, my dad is going to disown me. He's going to hate me. Like, I'm going to lose the trust and then the love of my father. Like, like I'm going to lose everything right now because of this one stupid decision. And we pull up and the guy says... Are you guys U.S. citizens? And my dad says, yeah. And they say, go on about your way. Drug dogs didn't move. They just sat there. Sat there. They didn't search us. They didn't want anything to do with us. I had to look. I had to be white as a ghost when we went through there. I mean, I was, I was the most panicked I've ever been in my entire life. More than car crashes I've been in. I thought it was over. This was it. This was the end of my life. And looking back, it could have been, and it could have screwed over my dad. And that's my biggest thing. That's my biggest regret is like, what? I mean, obviously I would have, I would have said, listen, guys, this was mine. My dad knew nothing about this. This is my bag. I got it when, when we were down in Mexico It's my fault. He knew nothing about it. Let him go. Take me. Obviously, obviously I would say something like that, but you know, it's up to them if they want to hold my dad liable too. And, 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 and it and it's that's my biggest regret of the whole thing. That's what I think about is like, what if we would have got caught? What would what would happen to him, my dad? Like, what you know? What what I think most likely they would have let him go. You know, it's not his fault, and he would have been genuine in his reaction to where it's like, obviously he didn't know that I was smuggling drugs across the border like a piece of crap, man. I anyway, the ride back's uneventful. And we stop and eat. I eat as fast as I can so we can just keep going and get home. And I get home and I dump that weed out on the table and I'm expecting my girlfriend to be like, oh, yeah, you saved our problems. You know, like you're awesome. You know, like we're going to be we're going to have so much money now. But she's just she's just more grown up than me. She has that realization that I didn't get until I was 20, 21, that, you know, it's not. It's not what you have. It's how you go about it a lot of times, you know? Even a poor man could be, you know, uh, more honest, more self-righteous than that. And and she wasn't happy that I brought back all this weed and all this coke. <laughs> I thought she was going to be so happy. Because now I got to sell it, you know what I mean? Which is no big deal. I made, like, one phone call and it was all gone. Uh, and... I have never been more scared in my life. Uh, just that sitting at that checkpoint, knowing that my life was over. I mean, it was like someone put a loaded gun to your head, squeezed the trigger, and the round didn't go off. That round should have went off, 100%. Like, uh, bullets don't fail that often. It's extremely rare that you get a fail to fire out of a firearm. And it's extremely rare that three drug dogs don't target on a guy carrying a bag of weed, three pounds, however much it was, and a crotch full of coke, right? That don't happen. And I, I, why it happened, if it was divine in intervention, I don't think it was. I think I just got lucky. I mean, what kind of idiot prays to get away with a drug deal? Come on. Stupid of me. I look back and I think, man, you're so stupid. Uh, but that's it. That's my story. It feels good to get it out because I've only told a handful of people about that because it is also the biggest regret of my life. Uh, I, Dad, if you do hear this, man, I'm so sorry I did something like that. It, it shames me. 
it shames me that I did something like that with you around. But, you know, I feel like we can look back at it and it's kind of funny too because we didn't, <laughs> I didn't get caught and you didn't know about it. I don't want you to know about that. I hope you don't listen to this. I really, really, really do. So, <clears throat> Donna, any questions? I know she has questions, but we do that. You know, it's kind of like a shtick. It's kind of like a shtick we do. You're so excited. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. And the audience can hear you for the first time. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, okay, so I have some, I do have some questions okay. for you. Took, can I say something? It took a lot out of me telling that story. I feel really bad. Do you? I'm full of guilt. I'm full of guilt for you that. You don't feel relieved now, though? No, not even a little bit. I'm full of guilt. I feel guilty because that I did that to my father, that I put my dad in that position. That must be the power of God. Maybe. God and guilt are no. pretty synonymous yeah, with each that other. that is true. That is very, very true. Maybe that is the power of God. Maybe, maybe he, yeah, I don't know, punished me with guilt for the rest of my stupid life. Yeah, it's possible. Well, uh, I do have a question. You think maybe those drug dogs were racist? <laughs> <laughs> no oh, i don't okay. <laughs> i don't think so no i think they were just uh uh i don't know there was a breeze that day something a breeze a convenient yeah. breeze i don't think dogs are racist i mean they could be oh, i'm just saying good question though um we'll bring that up to an expert <laughs> an expert on um also just a tip in case you ever do this again yeah yeah, yeah. or uh in a non-incriminating way, a tip mm -hmm. that maybe other people that listen to the show could use. Okay. Um, so now we're helping people smuggle drugs. Yeah, okay. on accident though. This is <laughs> this is what happens when I leave you in charge. Really. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> the All show's right. ruined. <laughs> um, so yeah, a pro tip is uh, Vaseline. Like if you put it around the tip. No. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> if you put it around uh like whatever the drugs are in, uh -huh. it can't be smelled. Okay. Also also um vitamin bottles and capsules, like empty capsules mm -hmm. is a great way for transporting things. Listen, uh <laughs> I was a sixteen year old kid who found a, a a gold mine of weed. You think I was looking for the Vaseline after that? I'm I just saying know. just travel with those things in, in case something happens <laughs> in the In case future. you run across this situation. Yeah. Can I say this? I I when I got it, I thought I put it in more bags, they're never gonna be able to smell. Like if we yeah. do run, I put it in like nine bags or Doesn't something. Doesn't work that yeah. way. It did, did this day. I know it's a miracle. It's, a, it's, it's seriously God's a blessing. It's, it was. It's God's plan. I don't think so, but. Um. Okay. So also, uh, I wanted to ask about. Uh, it's crazy. You were talking about like, um, like how you're trying to rationalize your decision to take the drugs. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how everyone does that when you're making a bad decision, you just like, you're like, Oh, it's totally fine. Like yeah. this is whatever. It, yeah. Everyone does this. A, yeah. No, no, no. You, you come up with a million reasons why it's okay. When one reason wrong should be enough to say not to do it. You know what I mean? Everybody. Yeah. It, it's you. It's a self internal struggle, which everybody's had about something in their life. But I don't think that most people would have gotten them a felony charge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They rationalize like having that last slice of pizza. I was rationalizing a uh, drug smuggling. Inter international drug smuggling. Yeah, I don't want to reveal much about myself, but um, I... Uh, 
had a kind of a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got detained um, at the Canadian US border. Oh my God. Because this was like also around that time, like where they switched to you have to have a birth certificate or um, like a, what is it called? A passport. Mm-hmm. Uh, to cross the border like prior to that like pre-Bush really it was like you, anyone could just fucking go yeah. like who gives a shit yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah I went to Canada and may or may not have been doing nefarious things there Donna, Donna, Donna. I know <laughs> my perfect little producer I'm sorry <laughs> God. Um, but I was coming back and I was waiting at the Canadian border and I didn't have any anything except like my high school id and i was just like i mean this proves i'm in high school something right like (laughs) please but they held me there for like a couple hours was it scary uh no i mean it was a similar experience to yours where i was like i wasn't afraid of what was happening or what was going to happen to me i was more afraid of like the tyrannic just absolute bitch wrath that was going to come from my mom yeah, yeah. It's just like how do i well you know my dad is like happen? extremely straight edge yeah like this would have i mean it would have just taken the wind right out of him you know yeah did you have a balloon in you when you were crossing the border no i i'm not <laughs> going yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right that's right don't say uh well i'm just gonna assume you had a balloon in you. i did Multiples. not i did not in every place that there could be a balloon <laughs> no. there was one i did all. not do that i've never put a balloon inside of myself well you should start let me tell you something from experience what a great time <laughs> this conversation <laughs> it got weird it's weird taking turn. a turn see what happens when the, when the roles are reversed here? um i had another question for you um also, yeah, so along those same lines, it's also really funny to me, like, how whenever you're, like, after a, a, poor, a negative experience or, like, a traumatic event, you're always just like, I have to get home. Yeah. Like, home is just going to somehow fix yeah. everything. It's your safe place. It's your safe it's place. It's so crazy. It's weird. Because home is, like, sometimes shittier than whatever else is going I've on I've always made sure my situation at home was not shitty. Uh, like I, I, like if, if something bad's happening at home, like I'd nip that in the bud ASAP because I, I, you want your home to be your, your safe place, you know, and Mm -hmm. it should be, you pay like, that's one of the reasons I don't leave the home is because (laughs) I pay so much to live here. I'm going to make it perfect and then never want to leave. I don't pay to, to go out to play. I mean, you do, but you know what I mean? Like I pay too much to not leave just to leave this place. I'm staying here. I don't understand people who go out all the time and they're never at their house. What's the point of that? Own a storage unit, shower at the gym. Ew. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross. (laughs) I agree. Um, yeah, it's just so funny how like home is like. It's almost like you think that when you get home, it's just going to erase everything. Like, yeah. it's not even just that it's a safe. It was just a new set of problems place. when I got home with a bunch of drugs. Right, exactly. It's like now I got to sell these fucking drugs. Right, yeah. You just made a bigger problem for yourself. Yeah. And so. and and my girlfriend at the time. I mean, I really thought she'd be happy, but she just like, man, I'm dating a kid. And and she Did was. Did she dump you? Like, no. Shortly after. Oh. That? No. We got a new, we got kicked. Okay, so her brother got out of prison 
Uh-huh. And she and he was like the golden child, even though he was in prison for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, her mom said, you guys are evicted. They need a place to live. Uh, her brother's moving into the house. So that caused, and I made all my rent. That caused some riff. And I moved, we, we got another house together. We lived together for another year. I got a new job. It was like one of the longest relationships I had had. Uh, I got a new job and everything was going good, but we just stopped getting along, mm. you know, just like happens, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were young and I think by that time I was like 19, 20 and I, and I wanted to screw around and, uh, actually the day we broke up, I went out and partied with my best friend of all time from Colorado uh-huh. and had sex with his sister. Uh-oh. And then that was the day like Sorry, we sorry friend. Oh, if no, you're he knows. listening. Oh, okay. He knows. He was there. I did it in the same room. Oh, he was passed out. No. <laughs> <laughs> His sister was like 30 and married to a print the prince of Scotland. I am not kidding. This is 100% real. Okay. She was like I swear to god. <laughs> she was like, yeah, and uh and we got drunk and hooked up. It was I really I didn't do a very good job. I feel bad for her. It was a mess. I was so I mean, drunk. I can't imagine that having sex with a prince is probably that great. Unless it is like uh, the artist prince mm, before he died. Yeah. R.I.P. Or even after. No. It's probably still better. <laughs> You're into that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so like after we broke up that one day, I like went back home because I was still living there. And she was like, maybe we should give another shot. And I was like, I just banged somebody else. Like uh, I, I felt bad. Like I couldn't, I couldn't lie to her about that i've never been able to do that like i don't want to i always feel bad when i'm in a relationship and i like i gotta come clean yeah you know what i mean that's good i uh you know i try to be as faithful as possible good yes anyway so that's uh so we lived together for a while after that well that's crazy i'm glad that or i guess i don't i don't really care actually but it's interesting that you didn't break up right after yeah um, okay, my last question. Can I just stop you there? I don't really care, actually. You're doing a great <laughs> job interviewing. I have a question for you. You know what? I don't really care. <laughs> no, I love I mean, that. I love, that's my favorite <laughs> thing about you. Seriously. I don't care if you were still the... Like, I don't care that it went on for more yeah. time, but I, it is interesting that you didn't break up immediately after. Would you break up if we were dating and I brought you a, a plethora of drugs? Would you say... Maybe I shouldn't date this guy. I don't know. It depends on the girl. It depends on the situation. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I would say if if I broke up because of that, there It'd would be, be other shit going yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Like that would just be like, oh, okay, and yeah, now there's, there's a, this. Now there's <laughs> all these drugs. <laughs> when I got home, I, I took a pizza platter and I dumped all the drugs out on it and it was a lot of drugs. Yeah. I mean, it was a mound. I, don't, I still don't understand like so... Was it like a compact brick of drug yes. and then you yes. pu- like had to break it? Yes. Was it really hard? Uh, a medium. Okay. It, it was hard, but not like, <laughs> okay. So what I, this is my theory on how he got it. They probably found it out in the land. Yeah. And probably. He was probably yeah. Sell it because it was wrapped up in cellophane. Yeah. Yeah. The top had been cut open uh, and I just was reaching in from the top and it was like, I'm holding my hands out like three foot by two foot, maybe uh-huh. a three foot by a foot. And so, like, I see on TV, like, I watch the drug smuggling shows. They have them like that. Oh, on a yeah. brick on their back. Yeah, yeah. They just tie ropes to them and carry them over. And mm-hmm. I think that that's probably what it was. Yeah, I did. Um, when I was in high school, I did, like, a like a work study thing mm-hmm. at, like, the, like, the crime lab, basically. Yeah. So it was, like, all, like, drugs and weapons that were confiscated and shit. And, like, the bricks of weed 
you maybe if you haven't ever seen one or like touched one before you wouldn't necessarily guess this but they are like fucking compacted yeah. like they no, are very yeah. difficult to break open yeah. this one well this had already been broken open on the mm-hmm. side i assume this guy who found it was just cracking into it yeah. for his own supply. ripping nugs yeah dude. ripping nugs bro <laughs> bro he's ripping nugs and so i <laughs> i it, it made it easier and but it pulls apart in layers yeah it's weird and uh what i did was uh, when i had the bag open i was putting it in the bag i was just pressing it down yeah you know what i mean and kept pressing kept pressing CPR. and the whole time i'm like these are gonna get back at any time like i'm gonna get busted doing this right now this is over uh, <laughs> what is my excuse there's literally no excuse also like a crazy thought too another thing that everyone goes through when they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing is they're just like they're just gonna walk in. They're gonna fucking walk yeah. right to the closet. Yeah. Like that's the one thing they're they need catch to check me right away. Like no one does that. No one goes into a house and they're just like, I gotta I get to, to check that the fucking closet. closet. I need to go to the closet right now. Make sure everything's okay. <laughs> so we. <laughs> that's actually what I do all the time. Is it though. When you come in, yeah. Your your boyfriend's like, hey, how you? Shut up! I gotta see the closet. <laughs> all right, everything's in order here. What did you, what did you want? Um. Okay. So my last question for you. <laughs> Is uh, you think that God is a pothead? I do. No, I I didn't think he was a pothead. I just thought that because pot was of this earth, it was natural. People have been smoking it for millions of years, man. Like, it's just totally fine. But it'd be kind of cool if God was a pothead, though, right? I mean, listen, how they portray Jesus is just any random guy at a fish concert. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't think that you're, 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 there's far much of a leap there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just by the way he looks. Yeah. Just by looks. But I mean, like normally God, there's like two ways that God is portrayed. Like one is more like, Hey, hey like up? cracking jokes, yeah, 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 Fonzie yeah. kind of dude. And then the other one is like very like, Vengeful Oh, oh I'm God. Yeah. Suck my dick. You know? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fire and brimstone or that. Uh, no, I think that, but like pothead God would be pretty funny though. That's yeah, a I good mean, character. I, I, someone can steal that if they want. I think <laughs> that, uh, I don't know for sure. But there's lots of religions that smoke pot like as part of their religion because yeah. it says it brings like Rastafari and yeah. stuff brings them closer to God. It also, I would have to sleep on the floor, in Rastafarianism. You would have to. Yeah, women have to sleep on the floor. I don't like any religion that demotes <laughs> women. I don't. I think women are a very important part of our society. I appreciate that. Also, I like having sex with them. Oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't want you sleeping on the floor. Get up here in the bed. Well, where we're doing stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, they can fuck in a bed, but then they got to scream back to the floor. When they go to sleep? Yeah. What if I want to cuddle? Too bad. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I didn't know that about Rastafarians. Makes me think a little bit less of them. Not that I was ever thinking about them in the first place, but if I do now, I'm going (laughs) to think a little bit less. Damn. uh, but no, I don't think God's a pothead. I don't know. And I'm my religious views now are very more on the lines of uh, pescatarian. That's a f- someone who eats fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing where I don't know. And I don't. Agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. Agnostic. Uh-huh. 100% agnostic. Here, sure. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's extremely. Um selfish i think it's extremely ignorant for anybody to say that they know 100 percent sure 
I agree. That's with just that. like someone saying that, like, nah, man, aliens aren't real. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. How, what do you mean? Aliens, aliens are real? real. Yeah. They're, Wake you know up. Big, yeah, come on. And, <laughs> and that's the thing is that, like, like, I would rather argue in the fact that aliens are real than God's real for sure. I think it's our place to say, I don't know. But you know what? I'm just going to be good to everybody I can, unless you're uh, not to me. Uh huh. And then I'll kill you. Well. <laughs> but you know what I'm seeing? If, if we just dropped the whole religion thing and stopped... Because ra- look where religion led me in that path. It rationalized me to smuggle back drugs. And of course, that's not religion's fault. That's me. That's my <laughs> fault. I'm a stupid kid. You know what I mean? But I used it as a tool, as many people do. As like uh, the, all the wars going on in Syria and a lot of them places, they're using religion as a tool for their battles to get what they want. You know what I mean? The Jews and the and the Muslims fighting. You both using religion hey, as a tool. The Christians even the, here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Well, here in localized, we're not killing each other as much, but it still happens. It's a tool. It's a tool. You. That's the thing is the religion has become a, a, a convoluted and a tool used to get what you want, and that's a shame. And there's, it, it, I don't know, I don't know. Then we're getting into a whole other talk uh, here. Okay, how do we get to this? What's behind this curtain? That's boring. Yeah, it is. Settlers <sighs> of Catan is up there. What? Settlers. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Lawson, for You're coming welcome. on the show. Yeah, I hope my parents don't hear this. And again, if you guys hear this again, just know that I'm not that person and I've changed and it hurts me immensely to think of the fact that well, what I did, and I hope you don't think of me any different for what I did. It's not... It's not something I am proud of. We all make stupid mistakes. You know, I just hate the fact. I wish I could have made it without my dad. Person. Look, you got you got away with it. It was a Who long cares? time ago. Let's do it again. Yeah, I mean, fuck <laughs> it. Like nothing bad happened, right? Uh, Well, so that's the thing. You should feel shame for bad things that you did, but nothing bad happened. So, you know. It was- nothing bad did happen, but I, <laughs> I still can't let it go internally that I did that with my dad in the car. That I will never be able to let go. Well, That's going to be a burden I live with my entire life. But you'll never do anything else shitty with your dad ne- in the car. No, I'm never going to do anything shitty <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, me? okay. Yeah. That's no. the line that we're trying to draw. Here. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I'm very now compared to how I was. I'm so subdued. I don't leave the house. I play in video games. I don't do. I don't break any laws. I'm very, very. Uh, 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 just you know, I'm like a. I'm like a small church mouse. You don't see me. When no one's around, I come out and I eat some crumbs and then I scurry back to my hole in the hole in the wall and no one sees me. And that's the way I want to live until I die of a heart attack at the age of 43. Oh my God. <laughs> well, bye, Lawson. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Donna, how can they how can they share a story with us? Uh, yeah, if you have a story that you'd like to share, um, we can have another little conversation like this. Uh, but you can email us at fearthepodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Fearthepodcast at gmail.com. We might get you on the show. Maybe. I mean, probably. We don't have anybody else lined up. Please, <laughs> please email us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, Donna. Thanks. Wait. Any- oh, what? Donna, do you have any questions? Oh, yeah. No. Wait, wait, I just shake my head. (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Donna. Well, bye, Lawson.
International. International.